commit this meeting to thy hands, say, add thine own precious way, move in old time power tonight, and save precious souls, heal sick bodies, bind other broken hearted, and set the captives free, and Heavenly Father, we pray tonight, in Jesus' mighty name, that you give everyone in this place, who know thee as their own Savior, we pray that you give them all a mighty new anointing, in the name of Jesus. Everybody lift your hands and take it. Take a new anointing. Brothers and sisters, if ever there's a day, if ever there's a day when we need a new anointing, it's today. A man only said to me this week, he said, Henry, he said, I'll listen to one of your tapes on Mansfield Marketplace. And he's an evangelist. I'll listen to one of your old tapes doing about 20 years ago. He said, now I tell you now, I'm going through the country, but we've not got that same unction and power today. And it's true. Many women cry, what must I do to be saved? Well, thank God, brothers and sisters, you've got a place here where the old-time power is going forth. Thank God now, give him all the glory. We've had a one 
year of meetings here. This is our anniversary today, and I believe if we just put a, a show of hands up, those who've been blessed, I believe everybody put their hand up. Put their hands up. Amen. Amen. This is a wonderful thing, you see. A lot of people just get saved so they're ready for heaven. There's far more in yeah. salvation than that. There's a life to live. There's an overcoming life to live. To live that others will want what you have got. Well, tonight, every one of us can receive a new anointing. Arthur, I covet it more than ever, this mighty anointing. God anointed me in 1948, and I've never been the same since. One of the greatest things happened since Nebuchadnezzar time. wasn't when Henry was anointed, but, but I'll tell you what was. When the Jews were recognized as a nation in May 1948, well, I thank God in, 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 19, in, in November 1948, God visited me in a new way, and nobody could understand what had happened to me, not even my wife. Nobody could understand it. I seemed to be a misfit. And when you get the glory of God upon your soul, and you get a mighty Lord, you'll be a misfit. It exposes all of the things. They're just measured. You must speak in tongues. You must give interpretations and prophecy. Oh, brother, sister, there's so much more to see. I like this lovely scripture. It thrills my soul. It's good. Does my soul good, Matt? Do yours good too as well? As many odds believed on him, to them gave he power. It's an important thing to believe. Smith Wiggles will say to you, say, put a H in front of it. Holy believe. Holy believe. Holy, holy, holy. Now, people say, but it's a hard way. I tell you, brothers and sisters, when you get a mighty visitation from God, it's not the hard way in the way we saw it. It's a different way. There's a bigger magnet drawing you on to glory than what is drawing you back. Well, that's what happened to me, you two are there. It's a tremendous drawing power with me, oh, bless the Lord. You're absolutely spoiled for the world. It doesn't matter what you try to. If you try to go back, you jolly well can't. It, once you've really received it, mind you, it's not our goody, goody, nice, nicey gospel. It's a man's gospel, a powerful Amen. gospel, a deliverance gospel, Amen. a gospel that got power in it. It's not something you apologise for. Bless the Lord, you blow your top. It's real. We don't apologise for this. We, we've been too timid. Even Simon Cameron said to me, a man who's been thousands and thousands of miles from America, he only told me that a few months ago, a couple of months ago, he said, Henry, he said, when you came up to Peterhead, he said, you said, here are, there's some men of God here, John, Simon, Alec, and there's four of them. He said, Simon said, oh, my head in shame, men of God, men of God. He says, we're men of God. Of course we should be, shouldn't we? Yeah. Yeah. But he says, but yes. we had to be told it. He says, it's the way we'd been brought up. Brought up like that. We want to stick your chest out and tell the Son of God. Not just to sin and save by grace. Yes, the other. But just a lot more. Men equipped with the power of God. Men with the 
determination, men with a fight, praise God. And this is what the anointing puts into you. All I'm telling you for tonight is that you might reach out for this mighty new anointing and be filled with the love of God that you will be able to take it to your friends and your pals that those who come in contact with you will take knowledge of you you will see something new and this is what we want tonight something new oh hallelujah praise the Lord You'll speak in new tongues, you'll do things, you'll set the captives free, you'll heal the sick, you'll say so. Praise God, the power of God, oh, just love one another. Go
not up there. Oh, put your hands up in the balcony. Go on, put your hands up there. I wonder when there was the last time that balcony was filled with so much glory. I understand they're celebrating the 150th anniversary of this chapel uh, on Thursday, 150 years. But as you know, there's nobody here on Sundays, perhaps one or two or three, that's all. But God has moved in this place in a wonderful way, and we give him all the praise and all the glory. It is 12 months since we came in here for the very first time and feeling a little fear and trembling, but God has blessed. And we only go on week by week. We're just chapel squatters at the moment. But God is moving. So, like our lives, we've got to occupy while we can our lives. We've got to occupy the chapel while we can. And that life is going past. Well, now is the day of salvation. Now is the time to declare the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Nice to see you, Jim. God bless you, lad. God bless you. I would like to put this meeting to the test tonight now, if I can. First, first time they'd ever been in a glory meeting, some lads here, what came from Red House, and they came up here and they testified and they blessed us. I want them to come and tell me the truth, how have they felt any different from, them, from when they first came last week. Come on down here, lads. Come on, come on. You. These lads, these lads are strangers to me. They've only been to one glory meeting. But brother and sister, how my heart coveted them that they might get what God had given to me, that they might receive a mighty anointing, that they may be equipped with this mighty power of deliverance. They've been to one meeting. Now, they give a testimony. Now, we're going to hear it straight off the cuff, what's happened in one week. I haven't spoken to them anything. Come on, lad, let me know how you're getting on. Since last week. Just tell me from your heart. Well, uh... Can't say nothing really. All we keep doing, all we can do is praise the Lord. That's the spirit. Now that's it. That's yeah. it, bro. This is what I want. We're to all know. working that's away. Right? What, that's love. That's what you I want know, to know. Yeah. We just sort of digging up, and we ain't digging, we ain't gardening, you know. Go on, don't. Yeah, we do it. We ain't digging, we ain't gardening, you yeah. know. But we sort of do it, and we just praise the Lord yeah. doing it. That's right. That's, that's right. what I want. I just can't do nothing, else, yeah. you know. Yes. Yeah. Now, what was your testimony? What you had? Do just a quick testimony. I've got. Um, I just deliver you. Well, I was an addict for... It was a drug addict? About ten years, you know. I've been in and out of prison since I was 21, you know, and uh, I tried every human cure possible. And so when I'd nearly destroyed myself, I turned to the Lord, and he's just, well... I just praise him and thank him. So what's your Christian name? Dave. Dave. Listen, to our Dave. Come on, Dave. Let's see how you're going on, lad. 
Well, like Jeff said, you know. Yes, you come on. Like, you know, we've been sort of owing and all that, you know what I mean? Getting rid of weeds and all, you know, we ate it like that. But uh, when things happen and like even Satan comes back a little bit, you know what I mean? We just start sort of singing choruses or praising the Lord, you know what I mean? While we're owing, like, and, you know, it really blesses us, like, you know, it's tripping, like. Uh, <laughs> have you felt any better? Yeah, right. Well, that's it, Dave. Now, don't mess in the back. Really have a go for this because it works, Dave. It really works. It's bad. Hey, you want to get mad with yourself sometimes, and you see the enemy tries to come upon you. He says, submit yourself to the Lord, resist the devil, and he'll free from you. So what we do, the only answer I can give to you to get victory is to praise the Lord. You really get desperate with yourself sometimes, really you do. I mean, all the force of evil try to come upon us. All those what's had this experience and know what I'm saying is true, want to come upon us. But you put your hands up and praise the Lord and God will set you free. So put your hands straight up, Lord. Praise God. Come praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Where's the other one? Oh, here he is, bless him. Come on, the old dog. Just your, tell me how you felt and then just quick testimony, brother. Well, see, these guys has got to do the weeding and I'm the one that's got to chase him up, you see. <laughs> that's it, is it? You know, I don't like doing it, you know, because I'm from their background, a drug addict, and I, I hate authority, any kind of authority. But, you know, the Lord's laid it on my heart to get things right up there. So they chip in with me. They accept it really good, you know. And we praise the Lord about it because we don't like it. And he gives us the strength to go on. And in the end, we get a blessing out of it, which is really a blessing to us. It's richly. And to the staff, when they see it happening, where we can accept responsibility and hold on to it where we had none before. It's got to be from the Lord. It's, it can't come from anybody else. Bless your brother, it's wonderful. Oh, you know, brother, I just feel for you lads because I know how I used to struggle. I really did. I tried to be a good lad and everything seemed to get worse. It was only as I yielded myself to God, like you were doing up there. You're doing the right things, by the way, you lads up there. You're putting your hands up and you're reaching out to God to receive and you'll receive it. Yes. Do you know, I'll tell you now, you're doing me good as I look at you up there. Praise God. Yeah, you are, brother, and you are too, you lads. Now, you'll get it, and you'll come and show your arms around, neck, arms around my neck once everyone's got it. You <laughs> <laughs> will, you will. will. Now, please, because you see, this is a unique thing that God is doing. He's receiving his Holy Spirit. Oh, it's marvellous, brother. Oh, it's marvellous. When they're nice looking lad, isn't it? Give him a cup, Isn't it wonderful what God can do? Here's some lads from prison. And there's only one thing that can deliver them, and it's the power of God. Amen. We cannot do it anything, but we know there's power to set the captives free. They go, I'm in prison, but for the grace of God, I wouldn't have, I could have been there, but God's kept me clean, but he's delivered you, my love. 
And I believe that there's a purpose in you coming to these meetings. And have you both felt better since coming last week? Well, we come to drink, you know. It's not that's good. right. That's right. That's right. If everybody come to these meetings and says, I'm not going to take notice what things are happening, I'm just going to drink. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we thank you for these three lads tonight. We pray you continue to bless them, and Lord, and use them for thy glory. Lord, we pray as they go on tonight, you'll so quicken them, they'll never be the same again. We give you all the praise and glory for Jesus' sake. Amen. I've got another mild palsy tonight. It's the first time he's been. Now, Arthur, bet on your feet, my lad. Come on. <laughs> I remember the first time meeting Henry, 1932. Was it really? 1932. It's 44 years ago. Shut it there, Albert. Hallelujah. And what have I to put up with all this time? <laughs> Bless you, Arthur. And I remember I, I was in an open-air meeting in Newark. And I remember speaking from the shop opposite. I took the message from the shop, the Public Benefit Boot Company. And I spoke about the public benefit. And I preached the gospel. And when I got down, then this brother, I didn't know him then, Henry came up and shook me by the hand, and that's when we first met Henry. I, I think you were, uh, you were manager at Curry's yes, then. Sir, yes. Yes. That's a long, long time ago. And uh, like the Irishman, I hope there's not too many Irish people here. Like the Irishman, I want to say a few words before I begin. <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> when I first, I, I, I met Henry, and then years went by, and something like almost 20 years must have gone by, and then I came to Newark again. Henry invited me over and I came and uh, a lot of things had happened in my life and, and, and I came into the glory meetings and I saw these people going backwards and forwards. Here we come gathering nuts in May, you know, and I looked at them. And uh, I thought, now, what's the matter with this lot? Something's the matter with them. Now, <clears throat> I'd already had something away back in, in 1926 and 27, when I was only a boy of 14 and 15. I, I'd been at the town hall, uh, Bishop Auckland, when Stephen Jeffries was having tremendous meetings there. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people, and they were all queuing up outside the town hall to get in. The mounted police were controlling the traffic. The ambulances were running shuttle services from the hospitals and people were being healed, blessed, loosed and set free, right, left and centre. And I looked at these people. Now I was only then a boy of 14 in 1926 and I would not been brought up in a religious atmosphere at all. I knew nothing at all about religion. 
I was not brought up in a church, but I looked at these people. Some of them sitting on orange boxes, soap boxes, eating sandwiches, drinking uh, out of flasks. Before they got in the meetings, there were thousands of people. God was moving in Sunderland and Bishop Auckland at that time. And I looked at these people, and they were singing little things. Everybody ought to love Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. He died upon the tree to rescue you and me, and everybody ought to love Jesus. But they weren't just singing. They were doing all sorts of things. Everybody ought to love Jesus. lot of mad <laughs> and then I thought well if they're mad who wants to be sane <laughs> I knew they'd got something yes. and I wanted it I wanted it I knew they'd got something I wanted it yes. now then when I came to the meetings years after this is now in Newark I looked at these crazy people another lot of crazy people <coughs> see and, and, uh, and uh, I, I just didn't know how to, you know, I, I thought, well, I've seen this before. I felt the touch. And <clears throat> between you and me, I don't know whether Henry's listening, but between you and me, I'll tell you something about Henry. You know, they have lifeguards by the seaside. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them in America, too. They sit up in little boxes. Anybody gets into trouble in the sea, away they go. They're strong swimmers, and they go into the sea. And the first thing the lifeguard has to do is get the man who's drowning out of the sea. But then when he's got the man out of the sea, he's got to get the sea out of the man. Twofold, see? Now then, it isn't enough to get the man out of the sea. Then you have to turn him over and artificial respiration. Well now, I saw something with Henry. And I saw that God had given him a ministry like a spiritual lifeguard. I saw that he went into the bondage of denominationalism and rescued people out of out of the death of denominationalism and his first job that God had given him was to get the man out of the sea but then I also saw that he had a ministry to get the sea out of the man see it's it's one thing it's one thing to bring a man out of bondage you see you bring a man out of bondage but then you've got to get the bondage out of the man now then, uh, I, I, I've, I've been in many meetings, you know, hundreds, thousands of them, I suppose. And you know, it comes to me now just a little story about a dear old lady in the Presbyterian church, and she was stone deaf. And bless her, she had some of you young people that hardly know what these things are, but she had a great big ear trumpet, you know, to hear. Now they have little things in the back of the ear like that. But she had a great big ear trumpet. And of course she got right in the front row in the Presbyterian church. Right in the front row. When she got there, she began to pull out her big ear trumpet. And she pulled this out. 
One of these sober Presbyterian elders marched down the aisle and he tapped her on the shoulder and he looked at her ear trumpet and he says, one toot and you root. <laughs> one toot and you root. Well, you see, most of the people, most of the people in the denominations that don't believe that there should be any expression of the liberty and the power that God has given. When you're set free, you can't just say, well, praise God, I'm free. You see, it gets, you know, we used to sing something, I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. It's all over me and it's keeping me alive. Glory to God. Something begins to happen. You know, and you just feel you've got to explode. You've got to burst somewhere or the other. You just can't, uh, you, you, you just can't. Uh... Well, now, you see, I remember years ago seeing Henry, and I saw he had a ministry that was just like, now, hold your horses a minute while I mention this, <clears throat> artificial respiration. <clears throat> you see, the first thing is to get the man out of the sea. Next thing is to get the sea out of the man. So from the outside you produce something that should be working from the inside. You see? Now the man isn't breathing. He stopped breathing so he stopped living. Now then unless you get him to breathe he's going to die. Now then I noticed this with Henry you see. Uh, many many times I've been in meetings and I've seen this he'd say, um, you my duck come up here. You with the green hat on. The poor woman, she'd never been on a platform in her life, and her heart probably going bum, 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 bum. Oh, what have I got to say? That little bit, 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 bit of poetry I said when I was in the Sunday school 25 years ago. Oh dear, how did it go? I'll have to do something religious. I'm going up on the platform. And, and he gets, get a hold of her, put his arm around and say, hey, love, I do like your hat. And uh, the last thing she ever expected, you see, completely disarm her. Completely disarmed. She came up expecting she got to say something religious or something, and yet she was just a frozen icicle that melted in the warmth of the presence of God. You see? Now then, I could see that this was, was a ministry that was effective. Now then, of course, I saw other people. I've seen other people in the meetings, in the glory meetings over the years. I've seen maybe a man with a, with a pinstripe, black pinstripe suit on. And he's been on the plan for years. And he's preached on the Methodist circuit and this circuit and that circuit. And he's just longing to get on a platform to try out one of his religious sermons. And Henry would say, uh, uh, just a minute, will you come up here? And he comes up all primed and ready to give a sermon. And then, dear old Henry, bless him, he grab him by the hands and said, Did you ever jump for Jesus? He's all set to preach one of his little sermons. And he's asked if he ever jumped for Jesus. And he puts him on a spot because he's either to humble himself in his pride and jump or get out. You see? Now then, this is something that I've seen over the years. And we're not putting on our own flesh. I know if God's given Henry that ministry, he's given him it. But now do you see the point? I'm not taking up your time or God's time just telling you this to entertain you. Do you see something? That if God gives a man a ministry... And that ministry 
is like artificial respiration. People that have forgotten to breathe, people who've forgotten to live, they've got so into bondage and into deadness, and they've had to be primed from the outside. You see, primed from the outside. Artificial respiration. So somebody doing from the outside what the Holy Ghost should be doing from the inside. You see? Now then you can't always have a Henry round to say, come on, come on, come on, you, come on, come on, come on. Now then you, come on, come on, come on. You can't always have that. That isn't the purpose of God. The purpose of God isn't that every day you should have somebody on top of you pressing your lungs in and out to get the bondage out of you. Finally, when the bondage is out of you, you should be living from the inside and you should be breathing from the inside. Now, I've seen many houses that have been built and I've seen builders put scaffolding up. But scaffolding is only for a time. Yes. It's only for a time. Right. Nobody wants scaffolding up forevermore. Nobody's interested. You know, bring me round to your house and say, uh, Oh, I do like your scaffolding, isn't it? Nice. <laughs> the whole purpose of scaffolding, the purpose is from the day it goes up, you look forward to the day when it comes down. Right. There's a till with scaffolding. Scaffolding, there's a till. It's till. It's till. Now then... With the ministries, God has given apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, till. Evangelism, one ministry to get them in, four ministries to keep them in. It's a bigger job to keep them in than it is to get them in. And it's no good turning the tap on in the bath unless you put the plug in. Now then, the effective work of the Holy Ghost is that there shall be scaffolding ministries that shall do something from the outside for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's Ephesians. Most of you know it, don't you? God set in the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. And there's no full stop after the perfecting of the saints. It goes on for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. In other words, God's purpose is that you should be effective in the world. You touch lives that nobody on this platform touches. You've got your witness place, whether it's Woolworths, whether it's in the mine, whether it's in the factory, somewhere, God's purpose is the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Shepherds, shepherds don't have Lambs. It's sheep that have lambs. Now the shepherd's job is to see that the sheep are in a position where they can have lambs. See, he leadeth me beside the green pastures and the still waters. And so the sheep have got to be fed and watered. And there's got to be a few rams round as well. If they're going to have some lambs. But that's the shepherd's job. And he, he, he's so dedicated, the real shepherd's so dedicated to that job, that he says, well, I'm the door of the sheep. And then the east, you know, the eastern shepherd literally becomes the door. He lies down and sleeps at the entrance to the fold. So nothing can touch the sheep except it goes over his body. And if he's a true shepherd, he's prepared to give his life for the sheep. You know, as David says... Uh, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And it goes on to say, Thou spreadest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, 
what the eastern shepherd does before ever he brings his sheep out. And as you know, he leads them. He leads them. Two friends of mine were in Jerusalem. And they saw a man driving sheep across uh, uh, um, uh, some cobblestones in Jerusalem. And one man said to the other, he says, well, that's surprising. He said, I always thought in the east that shepherds led their sheep. He said, I didn't know that they did things like this, driving them. He says, look, that man's driving them with a stick. <laughs> he says, that man's not a shepherd, that man's a butcher. <clears throat> you see, now the shepherd is prepared to give his life for the sheep. And the shepherd goes before his sheep. And David says in Psalm 23, Thou spreadst a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, one little thing I learned was this, that out in the east, before ever the shepherd will put the sheep out to pasture, he goes and examines the pasture land because there are snake holes. And he goes and sees where these snake holes are, and then he gets a kind of a grease it, 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 it's from the ox and he takes this grease and he rubs it round the holes where the snakes come up this is what it means in Psalm 23 when it says thou spreadest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies now he prepares the way for the sheep and he puts this this, this stuff, this grease round the holes where the snakes come now then when the sheep go out to pasture and they're grazing on this lovely lush grass. Up come the snakes. And the snakes begin to look round like that. And they want to get at the sheep. And they rear themselves up in their holes. But you know something? They won't cross the grease. Looks at you, my brother, my sister. The devil can't get you. Only insofar as the shepherd permits. Satan is God's sheepdog to drive me to the shepherd. Satan is God's sheepdog to drive me to the shepherd. Now the whole purpose of God in this wonderful salvation, and, and uh, I, I listened to Henry mention a word earlier on, and it was an uttermost salvation. Did you ever consider what an uttermost salvation is? Well, an uttermost salvation goes to the uttermost. There's nothing left out. It includes everything. It's an uttermost salvation. It takes everything in. Now, it doesn't just take Saturday night in or Sunday morning in or Sunday night in. It takes Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It takes the holidays in. It takes Christmas in. It takes the highest moment, the lowest moment. It takes them all in. Because this is an uttermost salvation. And God isn't interested in having a people who can praise him on Saturday night and go down in the dumps on Monday morning. Now this will work anywhere. This. Now at the beginning, at the beginning, we need an artificial respiration ministry where from the outside we are primed and pushed and prodded. But finally the purpose of God is that it should move from the inside. Jesus says out of his innermost being, out of his innermost being, this should flow. Not gurgle, splutter, or drip, but flow. God's purpose is that he should have a flow. Now, the thing that thrills me about this is... Now, I just, for a minute or two, I just want to say to you, and say to my own heart too, you see, I'm not interested about out the tax man and you see it on your envelope and something inside you just at that moment doesn't feel like shouting hallelujah, you see... Or you get somebody who borrows your tools and they don't bring them back. Interested that you should make lemonade out of your lemons. 
Now, here's the purpose. He says in Hosea, he says, I will allure the capital and the canker worm of Eden. I'll give you back again your wasted years. Now, Lord, tell me how he'll do it. There isn't such a thing as waste. Waste is lack of revelation. If you get a bigger revelation, you won't have any waste. But you see, when you are, are, are seeing waste and you're filling your dustbin up, it's because you don't know what to do with the stuff. Now then, you've got burnt crusts. You've got uh, leavings from the breakfast table. You've got potato peelings. We call this stuff waste. But then there are some men who knock at your door and come around with a bucket and they collect all your waste, your scraps, your crusts, your potato peels. Take them all away. You don't know what happens to them, but they know what to do with them. They feed them to the pigs. Some of us who are interested in gardening, we know the value of a compost key. You see, you put your outside cabbage leaves on, your decayed lettuce, your rotten tomatoes, anything that's gone bad, you dump it all on. Tinker it over with some ammonia or some stuff to reduce it and make it go down. Finally, it will all go back into the soil to feed the soil for another day. So we know what to do with our compost heap. But you see, there are men who came round in the last war. I don't know whether they still do it, but they used to come round in the last war. They used to take all our newspapers, all our cardboard. They used to take all our scrap metal. That nothing could be wasted. Nothing could be wasted. For the second half of this recording, please turn your... You know, I, I, I remember a friend of mine down at a little place called Polpero in Cornwall. And this man, you might even know his name, I think he's been in glory meetings, his name was Les Baker. <clears throat> he lived up in Northumberland. He came out the RAF. And Les and his wife and their daughter, they went for a holiday down in Cornwall. And Les saw an old ramshackle old coal house. All the tiles were off it, the bricks were out, and it just looked nothing at all. And Les saw it. And he went to the man. Now the cottage was at the top. The garden came down, and the old tumble-down coal house was here, and the road down to the harbour was there. And Les went to the man, and he said, Will you sell me your coal house? Didn't say, Will you sell me your cottage? He says, Will you send me, sell me your coal house? So, I mean, the coal house was just an old ramshackle, broken-down thing. The man says, yes, I'll sell it to you. Les bought it, turned it round to face the wall, road, rebuilt it, painted it up. His daughter put all sorts of lovely little pictures on, little elves riding on caterpillars and all these things, and they called it the hole in the wall. And they had all kinds of souvenirs. They collected shells off the beach. And they painted them and made little ladies with baskets and so on. And out of an old tumble-down coal house, he made enough money in about four or five years to buy a fish and chip business down there. Another two or three years, he cleared everything, made a mint of money, and I think now he's, I don't know, he's in America or something. But my point in telling you that is, he saw possibilities in an old tumble-down coal house that nobody else saw possibilities in. Now then, God sees a potential in you and in me beyond anything you've ever seen. Now then, once you begin to see what God sees, that, that uh, he, he says, sing together, ye waste places. Amen. Don't find a convenient juniper tree and say, oh God, let me die. But come in on a knock 
cow. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, You see a calling, brethren, that God hath chosen the weak things, the base things, the foolish things, to despise things and the things which are not, to bring to naught the things which are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. Now, how many people have hidden behind those words, I am not? You don't go out on that. You come in on that. You don't go out on a knockout, you come in on a knockout. God has chosen the armors, and everything that you think is against you, you say, well, oh God, what's the use of me? Uh, uh, Moses says, who am I? The Lord says, it doesn't matter who you are, you go to Pharaoh and tell him who I am. And, and if there's any argument, you tell Pharaoh that the great I am has sent you, and tell him I am that I am. And if there's an argument, I'll give him a demonstration. Now then God chose, there was Gideon, you remember Gideon? Some of you know the story, poor old Gideon, the knock-kneed coward, so negative and so filled with fear. He, he, he was helping Joab the Ezraite in a shed to thresh the wheat out. God had given his people a word. He says, every place where you put the sole of your foot, I've given you the land. And here's poor old, old, old Gideon, he says, oh, he says, where's the Lord God of our fathers? Instead of being over, we're under. Instead of being in, we're out. What's gone wrong? What's gone wrong? And all of a sudden, like the lamp, uh, uh, the flashing lamp in uh, uh, Aladdin, when the genie appeared, all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord, wow, there he stands. And Gideon says, oh, oh my God, I'll die now. I've seen the Lord. Everything's negative. Even when God visits him, he says he'll die. And the, the angel gives him a word. And you know the word the angel gives him? He says, fear not, thou mighty man of valor. Oh. And he's talking to an off-knee coward. Fear not, thou mighty man of God. Now, I get something out of that. I don't know whether you do what I do. The word of God doesn't describe me. It creates me. It creates me. God came to Gideon when he was a knock-kneed negative coward. And he says, fear not, thou mighty man of valor. Ooh, Hallelujah. You know what happened? 33,000 men. And God says to Gideon, you're going to deliver your people. <laughs> oh, says Gideon. Well, what have we got? God says, get rid of this lot. 30,000 will have them out. Lest Israel vaunt themselves. See that. Lest Israel vaunt themselves. God can do something with nothing and prefers to do something with nothing rather than something with something lest the something vaunts itself and says, God and me did this. But he says, I'll bring you right down to the wilderness. I'll bring you right down to bankruptcy. I'll bring you right down to nothing. Because my strength is made perfect in weakness. Now then, how can you weaken? Now listen, it doesn't say, God didn't say, my strength is hindered by your weakness. He says, my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Your weakness can never hinder an almighty God. Your weakness is the pocket in which God puts his power. That no flesh of glory in his presence. So I, I, I'm seeing something in this day in an uttermost salvation. And I just want to leave this little word with you, brother, sister, whoever you are. It's this. God is going to do something so wonderful in the very spot in your life where you didn't think he could ever do anything. You say, well... Uh, at least I've got five loaves and two fishes. He might knock up a bit of a supper out of this one. But, but, uh, but you see, when you've got nothing, the woman, she says, 
Oh, well, she says, the barrel, I'm scraping it, and the cruise is almost gone. He says, that's all right. He says, you'll spark off the machinery of heaven by doing what you can't afford to do. And you'll always find that faith will move into a dimension where it's challenged to do what it can't do. And listen, brother, sister, if your faith doesn't do something, you don't have any faith. Faith isn't just funny feelings or wriggles or wiggles up and down your spine. The word of God says in the book of James, faith without works is dead. Faith without works is dead. Now, if there's not an act attached to your faith, you don't have any faith. We've said it often, we'll say it again. Faith is in the word of God. The word of God is a fact. The only thing to do with a fact is act on a fact. If you don't act on the fact, if you don't believe the fact is a fact, then you doubt and you're out. <laughs> now that's not just a trite saying, it's a tremendous principle, you see. Now when you're out on the limb and you hear the sound of sawing behind you, it's all right underneath of the everlasting arms. Oh, it's all right. God delights to put his people out on a branch. God delights to put you in a fix. God delights to put you in a corner. And listen, it's easy for me to preach it on a Saturday night in Fiskerton, but your turn will come, my turn will come, when God will put you on the spot. And he says, prove me now. Prove me now. Now then, I, I, I just want to say this before I sit down. You know, you can go around the shops after the clothes. And you know what they do at night time? They put all sorts of neon lights to light up the goods, suites of furniture, wardrobes, motorbikes, fur coats, and, and you're, you're, you're waiting for a bus or something, you flatten your nose against the window, you say, isn't that lovely? Isn't that lovely? You know what they're doing? They're wooing you after hours. <laughs> now you can't buy it. Shop shut, but the light's there. And they're hoping that you'll make a decision in the light that will bring you back another day to buy. Now a lot of people think when they're in a meeting and they're filled with the glory of God that they've got it. But you haven't. You're only shop window gazing. When the Spirit of God lights something up, you've got an anointing on you, but after that will come a work in you. Revelation. Revelation is married to situation. You get the revelation here in the chapel, but you get the situation outside that door on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, you haven't got it until Tuesday comes along. Then you've got to buy the truth that the Spirit witnessed to in this meeting tonight. You see, now, so many people think because they've got an anointing on, it, on them, they've got it. Then they go out. But you see, you've got to come back to the counter. And you've got to believe. Now, when you believe, and your faith will operate only in the dark. You know, it's like taking photos with a camera. You say, oh, isn't that lovely? Little Sheila on the donkey. Quick, where's the camera? Flash. You've got it. You've captured it forever. But what's the next thing? You've got a negative. Throws the whole thing into reverse. You look at the wedding photo. And there's Mary with her wedding dress. As black as black as soot. <laughs> and look at her face. Her face looks as if she's in a Negro minstrel show. It's all black. And you say, well, this is negative. Yes, but don't tell your negative up. Develop it in the dark. Amen. And it'll produce your positive. Amen. Now then, when God puts you into a negative situation, that's when your faith must operate in the dark. 
You develop there your negative, and out of your negative comes your positive. And uttermost salvation. If God's going to take you in, he'll leave you out. If he's going to train you for the mountain, he'll send you down the valley. That's true. If he's going to get you for the multitudes, to minister to the multitudes, he'll put you in the wilderness. He'll rob you to enrich you. He'll strip you to clothe you. He'll empty you to fill you. Treasure your negatives. In an uttermost salvation, there's nothing finally negative. God is not just positive with the positive. He's positive with the negative. Bless you. Bless you. Bless you. Amazing grace. I've got the number. Some on the books there. I've got a book. Amazing grace. Twenty-three in the blue book. We're all done. Amazing grace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
shining as the sun. We've no less days to sing God's praise than when we first begun. Testaments that I'd like to go up tonight. And if we do, I must ask you to be very brief because time is slipping on so quickly. Of course, it's always the same in glory meetings, time goes so quickly. We want to thank every one of you for coming tonight. We want to tell you we do love you. And that's what this ministry is all about. We're only going through a, a pilgrim pathway on our way to glory. And let us bless the folk as we go. 
Brother, you've come a long way, haven't you? Evangelist there. Come on, just a quick one from you, Doc. Bless you. You, brother. Yes, come on, brother. Yes, come on. Just a quick one. Yeah, come on. Come and tell him how you love Jesus. Come on, just a quick one, Doc. Bless you. It's ever so nice to have you with us. Our what's our brother's name? This is Brother Morris. He's... He takes meetings all over the country. Well, I just wanted to tell them how you love them, Morris. See all that. Praise the Lord. I love Jesus Amen. with all of my heart. Amen. I love him more tonight than I've ever loved him. Amen. I believe that this year has been the greatest year of my life. And I'm looking forward to better times. Amen. Just keep going on with Jesus. Keep loving Jesus. I just get so thrilled with Jesus. Every day. Amen. Bless you, brother. God bless Amen. you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for my brother and sister tonight. We pray, oh God, that you will, Lord, give him that mighty anointing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yes, yes, oh yes, bro. Yes, of course I will. Yes, by all means. Very good. Ah, come on, brother. What am I supposed to see? Where is it? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you good at this? Okay. Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives,
Telling for telling him for years yes, that God true, wants right. to use him in a mighty yes, way. True. For this last 16 years, yes, I've been true. talking to him like this, yes. and God is just bringing him out. It, it's really amazing. Mm -hmm. He's got a wonderful mm -hmm. ministry of love. If he'll only use it, mm -hmm. get cracking, lad. Yeah. <laughs> get going with it. <laughs> well, I thank God for this deliverance power. Uh, to me, it's absolutely wonderful. You know, has done something in me, and I have never had this deliverance power, uh, this deliverance ministry inside of me. And I received something when I came to Fiskerton that uh, I find that the problems that you talk about, Arthur, the Monday and the Tuesday and the Wednesday, I find that this inside ministry makes Monday work makes Tuesday work and makes everything work. I find it, it's dynamic, it's powerful, it's tremendous and God 
begins inside. It's absolutely wonderful. I tell you, a mousy spirit is not of God. A, a mousy spirit, I don't mean a meek spirit, I mean a mousy spirit. When you get this wonderful deliverance, it gives you a holy boldness that you've never had before. I tell you, for years, I've even praised God. I've lifted up my hands. I've, I've known Henry when, he, when he's come for years, you know, to minister at, at a church there. And I've listened and praised with everybody. But I can honestly say before God, I have never received this deliverance power like I've received it when I've come to Fiskerton. It's tremendous. It's dynamic. It's absolutely wonderful. I tell you, Henry says, I tell you this, I've got what Brother Henry's got. I can tell you that. You know, Jack Cole, he got something. And, and he began to shout, hot dog. He says, I've got it. And other people came to see to see what Jack Cole had. And they got it. And his mother, you know, his mother got something. And all she said, she said, well, I'm glad that I've got what our Jack's got. And I can say tonight that I've got what Henry's got. And I tell you, it's tremendous. I'm going back up the north, you know, and they're wondering what's the matter with me. I'm putting my arms around everybody. I'm putting my arms around anybody. And I can't stop it. It's something within. I tell you, the Bible says that the kingdom of God is within. The kingdom of God is within. And the kingdom of God is not in meat and drink. The kingdom of God is in love, joy, and peace. And this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. This is the power of God. The Bible says the kingdom of God is not in word. But the kingdom of God is in love, joy, and peace. And all these wonderful... This is a deliverance ministry. And I don't know of any deliverance ministry than the power of God's love that these dear ones are talking about. Love is the greatest power. I tell you, it's sets men and women free. And I tell you something else, it does something wonderful to you, something absolutely tremendous. It, it, it causes you to be, be a different man Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. It's not just in a meeting, it's absolutely tremendous, brothers. I tell you, it's tremendous. It's wonderful. I've never had this when I've gone. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. I tell you, it's absolutely tell you something else is a lot of people think that they've got it and you know I'm telling you something I used to think that I had it but I tell you this is this is something this is something tremendous it it comes inside of here it it really burns you up it's absolutely wonderful it's an inside glory I'm gonna tell you that something that works from inside it comes from inside. And I'll tell you something. The Bible says it's God's good pleasure to work in and through you. And the ministry that God wants to work in and through you is the ministry of love, joy, and peace. This is the deliverance ministry. This is tremendous, brothers and sisters. And I'll tell you something. It's smickle. It'll get a hold of you. You'll sit next to a brother that's got this deliverance power. And got what this brother's got. And God, I'm going to tell you, you'll feel it. You'll feel it. It'll have an effect on you. I tell you, it, it isn't light. It isn't froth and bubble. I'm going to tell you something. It's real. It's real. 
praise his wonderful name. I said that a mousy spirit's not of God. Many times when I've been asked up to do something, you know, I've come up and all shaky and all, oh dear me, and all the heavy weights and all the sort of things. And God snapped something when I came to Fiskerton and gave me a holy bonus, brothers and sisters. And he began something inside. And I don't care what people say or what people think about me. I'm going to praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Bless his wonderful name. Hallelujah. I tell you, this is tremendous. I tell you, it's tremendous, brothers. And if you want to, if you want to win the day that Arthur Bert Turks talks about, the Monday problems and the Tuesday problems, listen, don't get it in here, get it in here. Amen. And that'll make it work. I'll tell you, it's deliverance. It's a deliverance ministry, brothers and sisters, that we need. And God begins inside. May God bless you. I think it's absolutely wonderful and tremendous. I really do. And it's full of love and full of joy and full of peace. And may the Lord bless you. I tell you, it's tremendous. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. Hallelujah. If, if you haven't got this, don't pretend. Don't say that you've got it if you haven't got it. Be real with God, because if, if, if you're real with God and you, you really haven't got it, it's clean, it's pure, it's sweet and fresh. It's not just on a Saturday. It carries, listen, it carries you right through the Monday and Tuesday, and it doesn't rely on meetings. It's tremendous, it's, and I've never had it. No, I've never had it. And I know what I'm talking about. And I've received it from Fiskerton. And I tell you, I want to... Uh, Brother Henry here is saying, I know he's... He, listen, he's in a hurry to get me off the platform, but you know... I, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Listen, I would have been down there as quick as a flash, but you, you're kind of helping, you kind of stop this. It's, it's, it's just tremendous. It's just wonderful. That's all. It's just absolutely marvellous. Praise the Lord. And listen, I got it at Fiskerton. And may the Lord bless you all. Amen. Really bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. On Monday I am happy, on Tuesday full of joy. On Wednesday I have peace with it that nothing can destroy. On Thursday and on Friday the sun is going to lie. And Friday and on Saturday, the same as Sunday night. Oh, oh hallelujah, I am Come on, dear. Are you coming? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
And we got them right, here we are. <laughs> now then, my darling, you come and tell me what God's done for you this last uh, 12 months. Well, it's about 12 months since I got saved. Well, 12 months next month. And, you know, it's just wonderful to be part of the family of God. Amen. You know, it's just wonderful to be safe. But I've just got to tell you this. You know, last week, I met, well, we were on the bus and we met this man. And it, for two days, we noticed he was reading these books. And one was, um, they left their nets. And another was, they dared to believe. So we thought, oh, well, perhaps he's a Christian. But we didn't say anything to him. And because and, it was only Karen, me and Debbie, and we didn't say anything, see. And then we told Anne, and she saw him, and, and she stopped him, and she says, are you a Christian? He says, yes. She says, sit down. <laughs> and she started to talk to him and tell him about our meetings, and his meetings were like ours. And, you know, it's just wonderful to know that you've got other brothers and sisters all over the place. And it's not just happening in Fiskerton. You know, it's just happening all over. It's a revival. And it's just, it just thrills me to know that this is happening. You know, another thing, it just thrills me to get together with God's wonderful people. It really does thrill me to see God's wonderful people. It does, really. And just praise and thank the Lord for getting me here tonight and, and for all you wonderful people. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord.
been doing all this singing tonight, so I don't think I'd have been singing so much in the afternoon. But I think I probably would, because praise the Lord. Jeannie, I think his name is, and he'll sing this song, I know that I know that Jesus is mine, the warmth of his grace I feel, he taught me how to live in peace, I know that I know he's real, and I'm glad tonight that I know he's real, because and he's mine, and I just praise him. Well, praise the Lord, you know, I'm glad tonight that I'm not steeped in dead religion. You know, I'm glad that this is the living word. I'm really, I'm really glad, you know. Praise the Lord. You know what John was saying, that um, it's all over. It's not just at Fiskerton. Well, I've been talking to this chap. He's from Barbados. And I was witnessing to him, like, and he says, uh, oh, we have hallelujah houses at Barbados. So that just goes to show, you know, that we've got brothers and sisters all over the world. And it really blessed me. You know, the Lord really showed me that. God bless you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Lord, that's fair. Anyway, uh, um, I was when Henry was speaking when he first started to speak. I'm flicking through the Bible to try and find something that I read the other day. Well, I couldn't find it, but I found something else instead. It's not my Bible; it's Cal's Bible, and uh, it's, it's wonderful. These things I have spoken unto you, that in me. Ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I shall overcome the world. Well, praise the Lord. Yeah, that's something wonderful. Yeah, it's really tremendous. And, and that song, you know, I can live. I, um, what is it? Yeah, you know, and I can face tomorrow and amen. No fear is gone. Bless the Lord. You know, it's, it's tremendous. It's, uh, you know, Jesus, life to me, something great, you know, hallelujah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, he's alive, he is, he is, he's alive, you know. He is, he's, 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 he's the light, he's the light of the world, amen, you know. Anyway, I've got some good news for you. 
Today I went into where I used to work and I mentioned it at Henry's not long ago about this boy uh, that he was, maybe he wasn't going to live very long, you know, because he had this cyanide poisoning. He went to the doctors on Tuesday, had a checkup, and he's clear. He's, he's, he's no longer, you know, he can live with a clear conscience now of, of life. He's got life again. You know, and, you know, I think when he's ready, God will claim him because he is his. And he's wonderful. Praise the Lord. Bless him. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I'm glad I'm here tonight because in his name we have the victory. Jesus is so wonderful, the love of Jesus is so wonderful. 